chapter 11 of John and verse 41. Uh, we're going to read that in a minute. And uh, the, the lesson is, we usually go to 13, but we have a few extra lessons in this book concerning Lord teach us to pray. And so we're in lesson 14. What happens when you pray? Something always happened when Jesus prayed. Think about that. When Jesus prayed, something always happened. <clears throat> Isn't that part of our problem? Things don't happen when, when we pray or when people pray, it doesn't seem like anything happened. When Jesus prayed, something always happened. Well, because he was in tune, uh, and we can be as well. We can never be like Christ completely, but he was in tune. And so if we're going to say, Lord, teach us to pray, we need to follow his example. In John chapter 11, verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. He is, earlier in verse 25, he is the resurrection and the life. And so when the resurrection says, when the life says, you you come forth, you're going to come forth. And so here Lazarus came forth, and someone said, it's a good thing he said Lazarus, or then everybody in that tomb would have came out. Uh, but ir- irregardless, when Jesus prayed, something happened, because he was God, and he was able to talk to God the Father uh, with complete assurance that what he was praying for was God's will. The account of the raising of Lazarus, a man dead for four days, is only one of many illustrating the truth, one of many illustrating the truth that Jesus always got through to God and received answers to his prayers. But then Jesus was the Son of God. He knew the will of God. He knew the rules for prayer. He, he lived a sinless life. There was nothing between Christ and his Father. There were no clouds of doubt obscuring the heavens. He had a straight line in the royal telephone, on the royal telephone, which Jesus had. Uh, what Jesus had, you can have too. And we can have that straight connection. We're not going to be like Christ completely, but we can have that. First Corinthians chapter 3 Verse 21 through 23 says, all things are yours. All can be yours. We have access. We can pray. Now, are we supposed to pray over graves for dead people to come back to life? I just don't believe that's God's will. I believe that was, that was specifically for Christ and, um, and, and maybe some of the apostles or prophets that God did some special things for them in the early days. But <coughs> we know that the resurrection of life is going to happen. And when people get saved, they are restored to life. Whether they die anytime soon, they're going to be resurrected. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21, Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and your Christ's and Christ's is God's. And so if we know that it is God's will for th- something to happen, we can pray with the confidence that it's going to happen. I can't pray with confidence that I, over a, a dead loved one that they're going to be restored back to life immediately. But I do know that they will be, be restored back to life if they're saved. And I can't always pray with confidence that God wants this or that to happen unless I know that that is what God would have. And then I can pray with the confidence and assurance and understand that whatever he wants me to pray for it's his will be done and it might not be in my timing but it is what he would have me to pray for and i can pray that way so how should we pray how should we pray so we're looking at the rules for prayer and what happens when you pray correctly how should we pray we should pray in his name we're in john so let's stay there john chapter 14 
in verse 14, if you'll ask anything, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. We've looked at this before, and I've told you that I believe in his name doesn't just mean saying in Jesus' name as if that makes it all good, although obviously that is recognizing him. And listen carefully when you hear prayers today. When you hear people pray today, listen carefully as to whether or not they acknowledge Jesus Christ as God. Listen carefully if if they're actually praying uh, in or through the name of Jesus, if they're acknowledging their prayer is going through Christ. Because if they're not acknowledging Jesus Christ, understand something, that prayer is not a biblical prayer because we should be praying in his name. However, we who understand all that need to be careful that we don't just assume that because we said in his name that it's automatically signed off by him. Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20 says it this way. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So we should pray in his name. Some of us did some praying earlier this morning at 910 some of us meet together and we pray before Sunday school starts. One of the things we pray for is for the lost to be saved. We don't necessarily know who all is uh, lost uh, that might be in our midst or me in our presence today. Uh, but if any who are lost come to church, here's what I do know. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so I can pray that God would work behind the scenes in the lives of people. I don't think I can... Uh, I, I have to worry or doubt as to whether or not someone could be saved or that God would want them to be saved. So how should we pray in his name? Uh, then how about this? We should pray in a forgiving spirit, in a forgiving spirit. Mark chapter 11. This isn't an easy one. So this is why prayer is hard because you've got to get yourself right with God in order to really have access to God. This is why Jesus' prayers were always effective because he was always right. Mark chapter 11 and verse 25. And when you stand praying forgive if, if the holy spirit reminds you of something while you're trying to pray that's probably because that's the problem when you stand praying forgive if you have ought against any that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses in first peter chapter 3 and verse 7 it says your husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge giving honor unto them as under a weaker vessel why that your prayers be not hindered and we can become bitter towards our wives and our husbands for things. We can get out of sorts and, and get uh, grumpy about little things. I, I get grumpy about little things, and I have to stop and realize, you know what, that's not being thankful. That's not being uh, someone full of gratitude. I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, my wife insisted that we get rid of that organ. She, they tried it last week. Most people said they didn't like it. John Girding's threatened to leave the church if we don't get rid of it. No, just kidding. A uh, few people liked it, but then they said, "But we can make it. We can make the same sound off of this keyboard." All right, fine. All right, so let's let's go ahead and get rid of the organ. So she called, and and uh, the storehouse said, "Yeah, you can bring it on Wednesday." She called Wednesday. You can bring it in next Wednesday, and uh, and uh, uh, my wife said, "Well, they're open Saturday. Let's take it down Saturday." I said, "They said next Wednesday. Well, let's take it down Saturday." Well, that means someone's gonna have to load the thing up in the truck and haul it down there. And what if they're not open on Saturday? Then we have to bring it all the way back to the church. Guess what happened yesterday? They weren't open. No, that's a little thing, isn't it? It's a little thing. But we can get out of sorts when we get frustrated. And our, our spouses, they irritate us. You know why they irritate us? They're the closest to us. And, of course, we're more right than they are, right? 
And uh, spouses, I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. But it, the Holy Spirit of God says, now remember, you have a spouse. There are some people who don't. Okay. Maybe I need to realize how selfish I am being about all this. We should pray in a forgiving spirit. And so that's why it says, husbands and wives, you need to be in tune with one another, right with one another, so that you can pray and your prayers be not hindered. That's just one example, but there are many examples of praying with a forgiving spirit and with a spirit of forgiveness as we have been forgiven. The box here says believers cannot strengthen anyone until they have been strengthened by the Lord. So we're not going to be able to help anyone else until we get things right ourselves. Number three, we should avoid vain repetition. Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. I want you to maybe even ask your spouse this question. Do I say the same thing when I pray? You know, we become habitual. We're just human. We're human, and, and we're creatures of habit, as they say. Matthew 6, verse 7, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Long prayer does not mean you got a good prayer. Someone said this, Public prayer should be direct to the point and not too long. Private prayer can be however long you want it to be. But if you're if you're intimate with someone, you don't have to talk to them lengthy in public because you spend so much time with them in private. The length of your public praying does not indicate anything really. In fact, I, I read this Clarence Sexton, who I just mentioned earlier, mentioned someone who who an old prayer warrior, an old preacher, and this is quite interesting. I don't know that I would recommend this, but some guy was praying and he was just going on and on and on. And finally the old preacher went over to him while he's praying and nudged him and said, if you talk to him more in private, you wouldn't have to talk so long in public. Whoa, that's pretty. Um, just think about it and avoid vain repetition. Sometimes when people pray, they start talking about the same old thing every time. Oh, Lord God, thou didst fling the universe from thy fingertips. And, and it's like, you know, once in a while that might, but, but when it's the same thing, it's like it's just a memorized thing. How would you like it if your son or daughter came to you and just repeated a memorized phrase? I, I know what I would do. I would say, hold it. You said that lingo to me last week. Stop. Get real. I don't, I don't want to hear some mem something memorized. I want to hear something from your heart. And so Jesus is speaking. And, and of course, he has uh, certain people in mind and Pharisees when he's talking about this. But avoid vain repetitions. Just be honest and open. And stutter. And, and, and let your mind go blank. You know why? Because that's real. Don't be polished. Just just be honest and real. Um, and, and, and learn to pray with sincerity and truth. Number four, we should pray with insistence. We should pray with insistence. In Luke chapter 11, it says in verse 8, And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, because he just keeps knocking, he will arise and give him as many as he needeth. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. Never quit praying. 
What happens when you pray? Keep praying. I'm praying. I think that went out. I'm going to turn it back on. You should pray with watchfulness. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 and verse 36. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What does that mean to pray with watchfulness? The idea is be wary of, of what time it is, where you are in history, what's going on, and being praying with discernment. Watch and pray. And then number six, we should pray according to the will of God. Luke 22 and verse 42. Luke 22, 42. Here's our example. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We need to be in tune with God's will. We need to recognize that what our will might not be his will. And as we pray, that should start to hone down and to become more focused that we realize, okay, that's why Paul said, I prayed three times for this thorn to be removed. But after the third time, I realized this isn't God's will. God has given me a thorn for a reason. Then number seven, we should pray in faith Believing, Matthew chapter 21, Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22. Matthew 21, verse 21. Verily I say unto you, Jesus says, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall be, say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, Ye shall receive in faith, believing. Lord, I know that you want this, and so I'm praying in faith, believing. That's, that's bold, and you have to make sure you know what you're talking about. But faith in faith, believing that God can do this. Let's ask God to do those difficult things. This is the reason why so many prayers are unanswered. We don't have faith. We pray with doubts and misgivings. Well, God won't listen to me. I'm just me. Stop. It isn't about you. It's about him. It's about him proving himself to be awesome when you and I aren't. And so don't don't hesitate to pray in faith, believing. Well, God won't do it. Nothing ever good ever happens to me. Why? Why are you saying that? Hold it. Stop it. Pray in faith, believing, and trust the Lord. Know that you're right with him. Know that you're walking with him. And then make big requests. Don't your kids ever make big requests? I mean, once in a while, your kids will ask you something. It's like, whoa. But it's not something you don't want to do and God wants to do big things he wants to prove don't you think God wants to prove himself to us to you I think he does I think he'd love for you to get more excited about him so S.D. Gordon there's a man named S.D. Gordon he had some rules four rules about prayer I just wrote this in the margin number one in Jesus' name always make sure it is in his will in other words it's it's something that you know that you can ask Jesus to to, to petition the father for and, and then number two, must be by one who is full, is in full touch with Jesus in heart, in habit, and in life. You have to be right with the Lord. I mean, that's really what this is about. It's about getting right so that we can pray in full touch with Christ in our heart, in our habit, in our life. Number three, it must be in harmony with God's word. I mean, if you're going to be right with God, you're going to be right with the word of God. It needs to be in harmony with God's word. And number four, it must be actual, simple, definite, and confident. It's just simple like a child. 
it's just definite and confident that it, it it'll happen uh and uh i think of a of a grandchild on the phone with grandma or grandpa saying now here's what i want and they just fully expect it i mean they're just full, and what's happening to the grandparent they're just like oh man i got to i got to make this happen they're just they i mean they're they're just fully expecting this to, i think god wants to wants to hear and wants to know and wants to wants to reward and wants to please us so let's let's learn those seven things we gave you let's learn to to get rid of the junk and and get right with the lord and and then pray with faith believing so that's how now here's when when should we pray well here's that that short memory verse pray without ceasing jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint we need to pray all the time not just some of our time but all i don't mean that we walk around just just praying 24 7 but in an attitude of prayer i joshua wears this this thing in his ear and he's talking to lexi and uh, he's talking maybe to his boss once in a while but well maybe that's the same thing but anyway he's talking to somebody on the phone all the time and it's just it's in his ear and and i don't i don't don't wear one of those things but he's gotten used to it and so he can just be talking while he's walking the idea of bluetooth is to be transferred over here with always to pray of course you're not necessarily always on the phone but you are instantly able to talk and to visit and to communicate and and so that's the idea here men are always to pray always in an attitude of prayer always recognizing that i'm within his signal i'm within his reach now, here's how we ought to pray. Always pray. When the sun is shining, this is one of the big dangers because when the sun is shining, we don't usually pray. Well, I don't need to pray now. Everything's going right. This is the, this is the reason why things go wrong. The reason why things go wrong is because we don't pray when things go right. See, God wants to talk to us, and he wants to hear from us. God wants us to learn to be dependent. This is an anti-American word, dependent. I believe in independence except for in one thing, and that's with God. With God, we've got to be dependent. And so God wants us to talk to him. You hear about the uh, the grandparent or the mother or whatever it was, that, 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 or maybe it was the grandpa, but he called uh, and uh, called all the kids and said, your mom and I are getting divorced. We've, we're getting divorced. And then slammed the phone down. He called all the kids and told them the same thing. Within 24 hours, they were all at the front door. He said, told his wife, see, they're all home for Christmas. Just made it up to get all the kids to come home, panicked that the parents were going to get divorced. Well, no, we're not getting divorced. We just want to make sure you got home for Christmas. Well, that's kind of deceptive. But you know why God sometimes doesn't let the sun shine? Because he's finally going to hear from us. We're finally going to talk to him. We haven't talked to him for so long. So all of a sudden he lets it get cloudy so that we'll talk to him. See what I'm saying? So why don't we talk to him when the sun is shining so he doesn't make it cloudy? If he doesn't have a motive... Maybe he won't make it cloudy. And so we need to learn to just pray in the sunshine. There's a song in our hymnal. I'm not sure if it's in the one we're using now, but it's the other hymnal we trade off once in a while. Lord, I need you. Ron Hamilton wrote it. And here's how it goes. Lord, I need you when the sea of life is calm. Lord, I need you when the wind is blowing strong. So we always think that we need him when the wind is blowing strong, but we never realize we need him when the sea is calm. Another song is, it is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way. See, when, when everything's fine, I need to recognize you. So it is the time of greatest danger to your Christian life when things are sunny. 
Moses knew the children of God would stay close to God as long as they were fighting and possessing the land of promise, but he was afraid of the time when the land was theirs and the tables were full and the people were proud and prosperous. And that's why he said in Deuteronomy 6.12, Beware lest thou forget the Lord. This is why it's so dangerous when things are going right. Pray when the sun is shining. This is why we need to stop and say, God, you've just been so good. Thank you, God. It's been so awesome, and we don't deserve it. Yesterday was almost like summer. It's December. A little bit of wind kicked up, but it's December, and it was a beautiful day. Can't we thank him for it? He told them to remember God who had brought them out of bondage and had given all things into their hands. Some of you need to heed that word. He says, we need to remember to pray when the sun is shining. So, like the song says, when peace like a river attendeth my way. And then this, the next phrase says, when sorrows like sea billows roll. Number two, pray when sorrow and trouble come. <clears throat> Don't just pray when it feels good. Pray when it's not feeling good. And I think we understand that. Many instinctively turn to God in time of trouble. We we we. We tend to do that, and even the world who is not even born-again Christian, even the world will, will all of a sudden talk about prayer when there's a crisis, <coughs> at least they used to. And so there's an instinctiveness to pray when there's trouble. But my friend, be sure you have a God to turn to. If you are having trouble and you are in trouble, make sure you're right with God and that you have God and that he is your Savior, that Jesus Christ is your Savior so that you have access to God. If you're not saved, you can't really talk to God. Make sure you have a God to turn to. So many live like the devil in good times. And then rush to God when trouble comes. Better make sure you are on praying terms with God. It'll never have to be that way if you'll just walk with him all the time and talk with him all the time. And then number three, here's the, here's the, here's the hardest one of all. Praying when it's sunny, that's hard to remember. Praying when there's trouble and discouragement and uh, or sorrow, that's that's hard when there, when you're sorrow, full of sorrow and, and trouble, that's hard. But the hardest one is when you're discouraged. Because when I'm having trouble, I can pray to God. But sometimes I found out the hardest time for me to pray, and I think you'll agree, is when you're just plain blue and discouraged and you just don't want to talk and you feel like quitting. See when you're when you're just sorrowful and troubled you'll go to him in prayer. But when you're discouraged, that means you're convinced he's not going to listen. That's the hardest time. And that's the time when you need to pray the most. So you've got to pray always. You've got to pray without ceasing. You've got to pray when it's sunny. You've got to pray when it's cloudy. And you've got to pray when you are very discouraged. You need to talk to him and not seal up and clam up you need to pray and so there's never there's never a time when you ought not to pray there's always a time that is prayer time so how when and then what happens here's the title of our lesson what happens when you pray what happens when you pray sometimes when we pray he says yes and sometimes when we pray he says no and other times he may say after a while. But all of those are an answer to prayer. 
sometimes we say, God answered my prayer. What you mean by that is it was a yes. But truthfully, God answers our prayer, and sometimes it's a no. But he still answered our prayer. Again, Paul with the thorn in his flesh. God answered him. He just didn't you know, give him the request that he wanted. What happens when you pray? Number one, we are strengthened <clears throat> for service. God pours his power into us. When we pray, we become more more stronger and more uh, boldened in what we should do. If he did not do so, we would quit when persecution rises against us. <coughs> There's something special about talking to God because it just helps to encourage us and to remind us that he's got this. God has this. Maybe your whole dilemma and your whole crisis was self-inflicted and you've got yourself into this mess and now you want God to answer your prayers to fix it. And maybe his way to fix it is going to be to smash it. But it really will fix it because it was a bad idea from the beginning. But if you'll learn to trust him, you'll be stronger than you were before. You'll learn what happens when you pray, when you get right with him and talk to him as you need to. Jesus told Peter, Satan's going to mess with you. Peter said, not me. Sure enough, Satan messed with Peter and, and Peter denied Christ three times and then the Bible says he just went out and quit. He got discouraged. He got blue. He decided he was a failure and he was so embarrassed and discouraged with himself he just went back to fishing and quit. And Jesus went and encouraged him and said, you need to get in. And that's why Jesus said in Luke 22, he said, when you are converted, and that doesn't mean when you get saved, but when you finally get things right and you turn around and get your eyes on me again, strengthen the brethren. When you learn your lesson, you need to strengthen the brethren. And then Peter started praying again. And Peter prayed in Acts chapter 1. Peter and the others were praying. In Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people were getting saved at one time because Peter was praying again and walking with the Lord again. What happens when you pray? You're strengthened for service. I'm encouraged when I pray with others in our church here. I'm encouraged with the prayer time and just the time to, to pray together. I'm encouraged when I pray by myself or just pray with my wife or with my family. It helps to strengthen us. Number two, our faith is increased. Every answered prayer means greater faith. It was exciting for me as a father to pray for uh, a man years ago while we were sitting on our couch and having our little Bible devotions on a, on a Monday morning. And, and we would sit on the couch and, and we would practice church. We'd say, all right, it's like church and you need to sit still. And so all four of them would have to sit there, you know. And, and uh, all four of them, maybe little Sam might have not got it all, but all four of them were, you know, old enough to at least be able to listen. And I said, guess what? Mr. So-and-so got saved. Oh, and that was, why? Because we had been praying for Mr. So, dear God, pray for Mr. So-and-so. And we would pray for Mr. So-and-so. And we'd pray for Mr. So-and-so. And now we could tell our kids, Mr. So-and-so got saved and he's going to get baptized. And the kids got to see that. That was exciting for us because our kids got to see an answer to prayer. And when we pray, we are going to see some answers to prayer. We're going to see God do th some things, and he has done some things, and it's been awesome. There's been answers to prayer just this past week. Again, there is a young person in our church, in our Sunday school right now. They don't ever come to Sunday school, but they've been coming now. Mom and dad have allowed them to come. Woo, that might not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me because they've never let them come to Sunday school before. It's exciting. And our faith is increased. 
If you start getting an answer to prayer, you might start praying more. What happens when you pray? You're strengthened for service. Your faith is increased. And prayer makes cheerful Christians. Boy, after you talk to God, everything seems brighter. When you know you've had a good conversation with God, and there are times where you just, I have no idea if he's going to say yes to the prayer. I just know he heard it, and I'm excited about that. I just I just know it's in his, I, I literally cast all your care upon him. I just, I just handed it off to him, and whoo, I'm just happy. Why? Because it's now his problem. And he'll fix it however he knows to fix it. And I can pray with, I can be cheerful after I pray. When you pray and leave matters in God's hands, you don't need to worry about it anymore. You don't need to walk around carrying the load because you prayed and you handed it off to your Heavenly Father and you confessed if you were part of the problem, you took care of that and you're right with Him. As far as you know, you and Him, or you, you, He and you, you're on the same page and you're walking with Him now. And it doesn't matter if it hasn't gotten fixed immediately. You just know He's on it. You just know that He's, he's got it. And it will, it will cheer you up knowing that he's got this and you're not carrying it by yourself. So when you pray and leave matters in God's hands, you don't need to worry anymore. It'll fix our faces. It'll fix the stress levels. What happens when you pray? You get strengthened, your faith is increased, and you get happier. You get to be more cheerful and, and be able to praise God for things. Number four, faithful believing prayer will bring conviction to sinners. Prayer to God in Jesus' name will send the Holy Spirit with conviction to some poor sinner's heart. And here's what I want to tell you, long distance. You might not be able to be within eye contact or anywhere close to someone you're concerned about. But if you'll pray for them, the Holy Spirit can be right on it. No matter how far away, that's the cool thing about prayer. You can be praying halfway around the world for someone and God can be on it. And he'll bring conviction to that person who needs to be convicted. And he'll cross paths with a complete stranger who just so happens to be a Christian. And he'll do things that you and I can't do and he'll make it happen where you and I try to make it happen. It never works. But when he makes it happen, it happens. And faithful believing prayer can be, bring conviction to sinners. And it's a wonderful story when you hear about people who have been praying, mothers and grandmothers and people who have been praying over someone for years and, and God's doing a work behind the scenes far away. Those are the things that happen when you pray. <clears throat> so keep praying. Keep on praying. Keep on asking and seeking and knocking. And either he'll answer your prayer with a yes or he'll show you that you're praying wrong and you need to change the request. Or he might just say, maybe later, but not at the moment. God's in the prayer answering business and pray and expect something to happen when you pray. Because something will happen. You'll find out something. If you'll pray and you'll talk to him more, you'll learn something. Something will happen and you'll learn and it will be a benefit. It doesn't waste your time because one of two things will happen. You realize I got some things to work on. I got some things that need cleaned up. I've got a connection that's broken or I need to see what God's trying to show me here. I need to recognize and listen. I'll listen better because I want him to listen to me. Whatever it might be, something good is going to happen. And we need What happens? God, God teaches us and God reveals himself to us. Let's learn to pray.
better than we have been. Let's close in prayer right now. Lord, we thank you for our opportunity to pray together. Thank you for our opportunity to be in church together. Help us to be encouraged. <coughs> help us not to be discouraged. Lord, when we're discouraged, help us to not to turn to anything else but to you and help us to just talk to you and, and maybe in our frustration and our brokenness and our our distress and our our depression, help us to to just open up and, and to reveal and to say it to you and allow you to hear us and, and then help straighten us out. And Lord, help us to not give up on the impossible requests. We have a hard-hearted spouse or we have a hard-hearted loved one. We have a hard, hard-hearted child or whatever it might be, boss. Help us to not think it's an impossible situation. Help us to keep praying and, uh, and, and pray with a humble heart, not arrogantly, but praying that you would work in our heart and then work in their heart. And help us to believe in your name what we ask for will be answered and will be heard. So help us to learn to pray with complete purity and complete access to the throne of grace through the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.